Hey everyone, this is Jordan from New St. Andrews College. I just want to invite you to join us for our upcoming Perspective Student Weekend, which is from April 13th to 16th. This is the same weekend as the Grace Agenda Conference, so if you're headed over to Moscow for that, you can register your visit also for the Perspective Student Weekend at nsa.edu. Two great events, graceagenda.com and your Perspective Student Weekend here at NSA. Hope to see you there and enjoy the podcast. Every human should read. (laughs) 
great. And it was a, it was super good. And I loved how he, he is very Lewis Chesterton in the like, someone who's gifted enough to formulate all of the different troubles of their life and the journey that, that you know, like the journey that it brought them on and where they got to different phases right. and places and, and then how God brought it all together for their salvation, you know, like, and it was, is a, is a really good book. And I love how he refers to, um, joy and love all the time, but he's saying, he calls it joy of my joy. Like, mm. like where he was always pursuing in Zen, Zen, in Zen came up. Yeah. It... He was all, always pursuing this, like being totally in tune with the moment. Like he was always trying to get that and right. never got it until he started praying. And when mm. he would pray, it was like, he was totally, it was like the gratitude changed everything. And yeah, it was interesting. Anyways, it was a great book and I do recommend that one. That's but, really funny. But now I just want to know, are there any other books called The Great Good Thing that I should also read? Because I'm open. I'm open now Cover to the waterfront paperbacks of any kind from Goodwill. <laughs> I'm on it. That's awesome. Well, but it was an edifying read. That's fun. The second the one. The second one. The first one was just fine it was just sort of a, <laughs> I did wonder like why though why this <laughs> there must be some inner something going on here that I'm That's not really catching funny. yeah meanwhile I have this is not what I've been reading it's just what I've been out and about doing I needed to have all of the NSA sophomores over for a breakfast and I've been meaning to do it all year and I have not managed to get around to it and so this is the first week of the last term and so this weekend um, right before they all got back from break Ben and I sat down with a calendar we looked at from now till graduation and basically the only weekend that I could actually invite them for was this coming Saturday which I had not realized so it was like oh no I've got to get their invitations oh shoot so I quickly whizzed up an invitation. It's cute. I used a previous one, changed some details. It, it anyway, <laughs> all to say it was a rush job. <laughs> then I quickly had them printed up, ran them down to NSA, put them on their pidges Sunday night so that when they got back Monday morning, they would have them and they would have, a, you know, like the week to, um, RSVP. Prepare. Yeah, to, to get themselves spiritually prepared, yeah. Um, but mostly I just wanted to give them a heads up. Right. So, right. Then, then later, after that's all done and dusted, I discover I misspelled sophomore on the invitation. <laughs> How did you not, misspell it? Not once. No, twice. <laughs> <laughs> in there. I just went sophomore. I forgot. Oh, not a sophomore. A sophomore. Oh man. I just I just whipped right so past that. Have o. you have you all noticed that I because I'm on the hospitality committee for our ladies fellowship, I suppose this is why I end up having to text about RSVPs a lot. Okay. But every time I do RSVPs, my phone auto corrects it to tacos, which is <laughs> really odd because you'll be like, so how many tacos have come in? Every time like the tacos. And it suggests the little emoticon of tacos. Oh, that's good. Do you do that? Do you use the emoticons that it suggests? I never do. do. No, I never. Yeah, because I have a friend who kept, who kept texting me a purse. And I was just like, I don't get it. Like, how does the purse yeah. interact in this conversation? Like, where yeah. I would say something and then a purse. Emoticon would be like, bag. What does it mean? Purse, briefcase. I'm not getting any sounds like it's totes. Totes, oh my goodness. Totes. And, but it, oh, it's because, that's a hard it's one. because if you write out totes, it suggests this purse, but it's not a tote. This oh, is, weird. I feel like, and then I realized, I was like, I don't know. I never paid attention to this. If you say that's clutch, it will suggest a little pink clutch purse. Weird. I was like, man, this would be deep magic if we were all yeah, doing that all the time. Like practically getting I would into not, like cockney rhyming slang. It is. It's like I don't think Weird. I could know. Weird. Yeah. Which Gosh. speaking of the cockney rhyming slang, I was thinking how funny and elaborate our 
social mores are about the drawing rooms of society, such as Facebook. Mm. And, like, how we think about those old rules and manners and things as being incredibly outdated, weird, dysfunctional people. But then we... Are you talking about a kind of, like, regency Yeah, yeah, codes? like the way that you'd be like, well, you should never waltz unless you've been approved by a patroness or something. Right, right. And, and I'm saying... And only certain venues are okay to waltz be, in Be anyway. careful. Be careful with... Or, or the, if, if someone cut you, if someone important cut you, it would ruin you socially. Sure. But I was thinking... Or Mr. Collins introduces himself at the ball, and that's terribly awkward. Terribly, terribly awkward. Right, instead of letting the master of ceremonies do it. And you're like, but it's funny how much of this we still have going on, except for it's all unwritten, unspoken. But if you unfriend someone on Facebook, people are scandalized. Oh, sure, yeah. Or like if you did that, that is you are going to ruin them socially. Sort yeah, of. Yeah, like they right. act like that's what it, it is. If you basically. thumbs down one and of And then their... like the formalities of someone posts a stupid selfie, everyone has to like it. Everyone has to love it. You has to like it, and you have you has to. Otherwise, you've basically called them fat. Basically, yeah, you don't. You, and I was thinking how funny that is that we still yeah. have a whole oh, lot of do. elaborate we manners, do. but we, we just aren't as unified, maybe, in how no. how we go about them. Well, but then it's funny too because Facebook brings out also the other side of everyone, which is the need to shout and be rude and sarcastic. Yeah, when it you, brings down uh, you our actually, bad manners. Also. Yeah, like it would actually probably if you were just chatting after church, you wouldn't dig out that crazy sarcasm like people right. feel led to when they're commenting on Facebook. Yeah, or the all caps remarks <laughs> of power. We're like, who are we helping with this? Like, I don't see the person who's being helped. Oh, There's an funny. awful lot of time on the internet that I think of it as being the don't grab a passing dog by the ears. Oh, my lamb. Like, you're like, sometimes it's a mean dog. I feel like, like, why are you, why are there people who are turning into professional dog ear grabbers? No, it's like as you're scrolling through your feed, you are looking at all the ears you could grab. But you not that you one, not today. Shouldn't. Not that one. Probably should let that little my one go past. My husband's analogy for this is when it's the right time to do something. As he said, it's you should hunt off your back porch. Like it was like yeah. if there are deer on your back porch, you can hunt them. <laughs> but don't no need to go rustling through the bushes looking for them. <laughs> No need to travel afar well, into the liberal meme Facebook page <laughs> and then, then flip out. Well, and I don't get that anyway because the idea of doing that is so boring to me. I, oh, epic It just sounds terrible. Anyway. It does. That's funny. It does sound terrible. All right. I'm still caught up with my misspelling, Rachel. You didn't alleviate my guilt at all. You're so, you're oh. sophomore. I know. Well, this what'd is you really do about lame. it? You could send everyone two O's in the mail. <laughs> Just one. I only forgot the one. You did it twice. One. I did. I did it twice. So it's two O's. But it's Just like, give them two Cheerios. You can tell that two I did a stupid cut and paste flurry. Again. Throw them again. on in to the. I know. It's terrible. I'm I have really to make annoyed. some pastries for this lady's um, Easter brunch Saturday. Because Easter's coming. Okay. That's the day you're doing your breakfast, right? No, not on Easter. I'm just doing it this the, Saturday. The day after tomorrow. Yeah. That's when I'm doing it also. Oh. It's just the ladies' Easter church. Sure. And um, I haven't decided yet what pastries to do. So what pastries do you think I should do? Well, that's where I am. I'm looking at my little my little sketch here. And I'm like, well, it's, it's Thursday night. I'm not getting anything done tonight because here we sit behind Goodwill casting pods Probably the for night. the whole night, too. Tomorrow's Friday, and they're all showing up first thing Saturday. So... I... I was thinking about making Danishes and Bostock. Have you ever had Bostock? No. Well, I've not either. Never okay. even seen it on the. Never seen Nor it. Nor have I heard of it. What I, is it's it? in my tartine cookbook, and it's okay. with brioche, and it's like a piece of brioche. I think there's some kind of a syrup on the bread that's like a. 
I think the one in tartine is, but people do a number of different kinds of syrups, but the syrup in tartine, I think, is an orange blossom syrup okay. that you paint on it. Then a layer of jam, then a layer of an almond cream that you oh. make, and then you press slivered almonds onto it and bake it. Wow. Yeah. Is it just on top, or is it rolled up or something? Oh, just on top. Awesome. And, um... I thought I might try it, but I don't know if I will. I mean, it kind of depends on how I things shake I'm, out. I think I'm, with my breakfast, I'm sticking with the classics. So. Of an omelet? Well, so Cinnamon there's roll. this really good, like, that potato crust quiche mm-hmm. that I do. Um, where you kind of make a crust out of, like, hash browns, but you pre-bake it, brush it with melted butter, pre-bake the crust, then you fill it with the egg and cheese and, you know, stuff. So... I've done this. Remember this that being like before. a mind-blowing event when it first came into our life. Yeah. Well, it is good. I mean, it, yeah. No, but I remember it combines being like, all the what? things. Yeah. Exactly. Potatoes on a well, crust. Well, I, I do a miniature version of that, and this is like the speed demon style. Like I do them in little um, muffin tins, you know, like individual ones. But you throw three tater tots. <laughs> three tater tots, guys. This is the cheap speed version. In the bottom of each one. And then you bake it for however long. You know, till they're soft. And then you just squish them out into a little crust. Bake till it's crisp. And then fill with the stuff. And it's actually very nice. That's that's a good one. I'm going to do that in cinnamon rolls and bacon and mm-hmm. yogurt, granola, berries. That sounds good. I, um, yeah, I recently made granola, which I love. Mm, I love, I a, love good granola. a homemade granola. Love and it. I made the one that's real delicious that I love. That's a Food 52 on olive oil granola. And it's, I do it with orange, like it's orange olive oil, but then it's pumpkin seeds and coconut and pecans and, and it's radically delicious. Like okay. it's so good. Yeah. But I didn't eat it because of the Weight Watchers that I try to do. Yeah. Because I was like, this is probably not. Oh, because it's maple syrup and olive sure. oil. and Granola is never a light It's not concentrating situation. on being light. No. No. So when it was mostly all gone and there was only a tiny bit in the bottom, I was like, oh, I'll have that for breakfast just so I can have some of that. Yeah. Without looking up the point values in my Weight Watcher budget first. That was just a real way to start a day because you know, because I think I only ate like two-thirds of a cup of granola. Like, it was not very much. And I think I got like 23 points a day. Yeah. I think it was like 19 points. <laughs> so what you're saying is a great way yep. for me to lose weight and not gain it is to keep making homemade granola that's disgustingly delicious uh-huh. that you're uh-huh. like this has got to be healthy but no no, no it's not the granola cautious path is, no granola is a real i think that's a cheap trick because it's the food for field hands and, and people who are burning like it everything should off. Be so healthy and so wholesome well, I think it is. It's just that all you yeah, need is like, like an eighth million. of a cup to be enough yeah. fuel for today and tomorrow. <laughs> I know. Oh, goodness. So, anyway, yeah, that's my that's my little upcoming surpriser tomorrow. So Easter, we talked about St. Patrick's Day, you said, but we haven't yeah, talked about Easter. We haven't Easter. talked about Easter, guys, at all. Well, we talked about it in the podcast we threw away. We did another podcast, guys. Have you, you've probably noticed Sometimes we get on a funk. Well... A funk is right. We talked for like 30 minutes and we were both kind of looking at each other like, (laughs) has anything happened here? If the podcast is a shoots and ladders game, we were off the board. (laughs) We were wandering around in the shag carpet. (laughs) We we kept qualifying each other's remarks. No, no. There's no clear destiny for what we were saying. We kept clarifying each other's remarks without knowing what those remarks were aimed at. <laughs> but It's us at our worst. But we here's the deal. This is what we need to talk about, guys. We were just talking about this in the car as we drove here. In, to in our, our pre-podcast, pre-funk party. In our, as we drove to our lookout here. 
Um, the sort of mistaken notion that, that Christians can have that they have to be friends with everyone. With all other Christians. And the thing is, is there's a really distinct difference between friendship like, you know, a friend that you enjoy doing stuff with for fun. And then the Christian charity and love that you owe to everyone. Fellow believers is one kind, but even your enemies, you owe charity to them, right? You were told to love our enemies. We're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. There's, There's a base level of how we treat every other human. And that's actually not the same thing and, as friendship. And it's love. It's that's love. Part you of have thing to is, love It's them. love and it's a command. And as my husband pointed out, that the, that love and the, that when scripture says, when Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself, for that, it's a summary of the of law. The law. Yeah. And, and so if you want to know what Jesus meant by loving your neighbor, it is don't lie about him in court. Don't treat him uh don't be full of envy don't commit adultery with his wife uh, you know like him. don't murder him like respect his goods and mind your own business it's kind of like his wallet return it to yes him. it's like treat your neighbor lawfully is and treating your neighbor with love but you do it from the heart that's the thing yeah you like so i think a, a good definition of love is treating the person lawfully from the heart but your duty, how, what, what that lawful treatment looks like depends on the person. Like, if it's your right. enemy, then you have one set of obligations. If it's your mother, you have a different set of obligations. If it's your husband, it's a different set of obligations. So whoever the person in front of you is, you have to love them. And love does not equal warm, fuzzy feelings. That's not what love is. And it also doesn't, loving a Christian sister is not the same thing as wanting to endlessly hang out with her right in fact it could be very unwise but i to think try to i think the first people step possibly. where people go wrong on this is that they think that love means emotion emotion and love does not mean emotion no it, love means obedience to god's law right and so yeah. you have to every person you have a duty to love them and you have to do it from your heart so that part there that's where the sort of the emotion coming comes in you can't just fake it you have to actually mean it and so, but because when, when Christ tells us to love our enemies, he's not saying you have to think they're amazing <laughs> or you have to just really want to spend time with them yeah, or whatever. Or, no, you treat them the way God says to treat them. Yeah. And that's why also like praying for your enemies is a wonderful way to get yourself on the same page with when you really are asking God to do something kind for others. Asking Um, God to bless them. Asking God to bless them. Asking God to not hold their treatment of you against them. Asking God to show himself to them. Asking God, you know, like when you really ask the Lord to bless your enemies, you, you get your heart in the place it needs to be. You are from the heart loving your neighbor. You are like, I'm not going to be, you know, like the envy. Don't, don't covet. Do not covet. It's that it's a psalm, isn't it? That says, "Fret not thyself because of the evil doers; <laughs> yes. neither be thou envious." <laughs> exactly. And that is a. It's like, don't worry over them and don't be envious. Like, give it to God. Get your heart right, and and pray for them. But that that is love. That love is not like an emotional. I wish I could spend all no. my time with this person. No. And and the problem is is that there is a category of friendship which is which is different than that God doesn't require us to be friends with everyone and in fact Proverbs has quite a lot to say about who you should not be friends with and not being foolish about your companions yeah you're supposed to choose your companions carefully your friends and and that's one of the things that I've said this I know on the podcast before when we talk with our kids we're like your classmates or your coworkers. They are not your friends automatically. Like they're they're coworkers. You treat them with courtesy, with kindness, with you know lawfully, yeah. right? You treat them the way you're supposed to. You love them, but it is not the same category as we go to all the birthday parties or we do all no, of the. No, because think of even the of course the classic list. What is love? Love is patient, patient. with them. 
It is kind, kind to them. It does not envy them. It does not boast to them. It is not proud. Yeah. It is not self-seeking. It's but not it easily not, angered. It's it not doesn't mean love is super into the same TV shows that your neighbor is or and love it remembers is, to bring you coffees. Yeah, love is spending your Saturday afternoons every week. Love no. is having to go to every play date. That's right. not it's, it. No, and in many cases, Christian women think they're obligated to other people at a level that keeps them from loving correctly their own family. Like like mm-hmm. where you feel obligated to do something because you're supposed to love your neighbor, but you're actually afflicting your children by doing this. Like, but, you know, I think one other thing, though, is friendships are a really easy thing for people to covet. Oh, yeah. Like, like mm-hmm. if you think about don't covet your neighbor's donkey, I love that the donkey made the list. It's like, the thing <laughs> is... you might. Well, you, you can imagine, like, like, a person in the Old Testament, imagine them just I being just like, gosh, it donkey. kills me, that donkey. <laughs> and he course, doesn't even deserve that donkey. And the don- put that donkey to so much use. It's the best donkey of all the donkeys. <laughs> and he gets him. But... <laughs> Coveting our neighbor's goods, but coveting friendships is really, really, really common. The current donkeys. Of no, the but world. like you see, somebody else has a close friendship with someone, or they have a close. Or a lot of the time, you believe that they might. Well, yeah. Like a lot of the yeah. time, you don't even have the data. Yeah, and you're coveting your neighbor's well, parties. Those people are having or, a super sincere, fun time together. Yeah, or and I think this this happens too is that parents covet friendships for their children, and they resent other friendships in their children's age group. Like, like as if well, like, like your child they, is owed the best friendship. Yes, and also and also that can be seen if you hasten to call everything a click. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, if yeah. you're like, well, they're obviously being a real click. Yeah, because, like, you well, know. Or maybe I think if you just friends. look at Christ had, had, there were, there were the multitudes that followed him, but then he had the select group. And then even in the select group, he had his there's favorites. the apostle that Jesus loved, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, that is not a sin. It is not mm-hmm. a problem to be closer to some people than others. Sometimes it's just naturally happens because you are in the same stage of life or because you have the same sense of humor or whatever it is that makes you friends with them. But I do think that people often think that they are owed friendship in the way that they are owed Christian charity. And those two things are not the same thing. And they think that about like, if so they've been invited. Mom has made this point before, which I think is great, that she would have people telling her like I you know I don't have any friends nobody wants to hang out with me it's a sad time you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. I've not been and she'll be like well tell me who all has made an effort to reach out to you and almost all the time there are people on that list but they are not the people that you wanted to have had reach out to you because you had your eye on a different target you were like I wanted to be part of that That group group over there Mm -hmm. yeah so I'm discontent with this because of that, and I told, have I told on this on the podcast? I know I said it when I talked on friendship recently about our preschool times with someone being sad at recess. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Have yeah. I said it on uh-huh, the podcast uh-huh. about the do- the dog food bowl? It's like that um, the soup bowl. I said make a soup bowl out of pea gravel, not dog food. Anyway, yeah. it's like make soup. You have to make soup this recess. That's your job. Right. I don't care if no one wants to play with you. You will make soup in the pea gravel, and you will report <laughs> back to me on how it went. And that's what you're yeah. doing at recess. And then when we got her picked her up, I was like, so, what did you do? And it was like, oh, I made soup with the pea gravel. And I was like, so did anyone else play with you? I was like, oh, yeah, well, the whole class did it. <laughs> and it was such a good example. Like, I was like, well, who, like, if you see someone standing off to the side feeling sorry for themselves... Do you think, man, I would like to get in on that fun time? Right. Right? Like, right. best thing I can think of doing is to go stand there with that person. But then when you see someone who's, like, full of enjoying life and having yeah. fun and being joyful, it's like, how much does everyone want to join in on that? Yeah. And I think this is all about, though, 
everybody has their different obligations in the in in any given social situation we always like to apply what the other person ought to be doing but right the person who's feeling alone and sad on the sidelines their duty is to not fall into self-pity and then the other people who are having fun their duty is to look for strays look for people they totally. can loop in and like, actually i would over say here and i play would with say us. even i would say even more than that your duty like when you feel needy in a particular way look for how you can give that to someone else because when you're feeling like i'm feeling really alone or i'm not feeling like anybody cares about me well take that minute to look around and say well how can i reach out to someone else how can i encourage someone else how can i um you know if you're feeling like man my husband isn't valuing my work then say, how can I really encourage my husband in his work yep. today? How, like, when he comes home, because I feel like he has not acknowledged my work in a long time, and I feel needy. Yes. When he comes home, shall I say, have you no heart? <laughs> <laughs> Quoting because, Eunice. Because basically. Because we always like to quote Eunice, Eunice. from What's Up Doc. What's Up but, Doc is a fabulous saying, show. Do you want to start out by being like, How dare you not acknowledge my work? Or can you take that moment and say, when was the last time that I said, thank you so much for faithfully going to the office every day and doing this for us, and I know it's not easy, and I admire your work. And you think, like, does that get more or less results? Well, I do think, I, I mean, I've probably said this before, but I do think we as humans have this horrible trait where the thing we most need when we try to grab it, Ugh. we do it in a way that is calculated to produce the opposite. So when a wife yeah. starts going, why don't you me. ever say that you love me? Because it's like, don't you think I'm beautiful? <laughs> so beautiful. You don't, do you? You no, don't. You don't. <laughs> and so the thing is like, in what way? And a husband gets huffy puffy, <laughs> demanding respect. And, and children are at their most naughty, clingy, difficult when they most need people to love them. And affection. And, and, but, but we do the thing that drives away what we need. And it's this, it's, it's because we're trying to grab it. Uh Uh-huh. And so as soon as you're trying to grab the thing, you become obnoxious to everyone and nobody wants to give it. And that doesn't, Mm -hmm. that actually doesn't change their obligation to give it. But it does mean that you're making it awful hard on everyone. And so I just think the people who complain about not having friends, they are kind of putting a few roadblocks in the way of getting them. Oh, my word. However. Are they ever? Because they're they're putting out their, like, it's like one of those impossible want ads. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It was like looking for a friend. Like, (laughs) looking for a friend to unattractive woman with a bad attitude must be on time energetic sweet thoughtful playful at the right moments witty (laughs) it's like this huge list it's like who's gonna call that number like like that is that is the most devastating like or or it's like black hole of neediness looking for sacrifices <laughs> aren't you brave enough <laughs> oh my word but, but, it, but it's like that instead it of is. it being like I'm looking for someone that I can bless with something it's like here's what I need from you are you interested pay zero dollars expected hours oh gosh but I do think that this misconception does really well because everything because up. when when that joke about the want ads the problem is the people who do that think that they are like this place is shameful with how few people are responding to the ads yeah, right. they're always rebuking everyone <laughs> because they think that that christians owed them that yes like that rather than owing you treating you lawfully from the heart and yes. nothing beyond that right like other christians do not owe you in particular hospitality or having you over for something. They ought to be hospitable. Like that's a command, but it is not a command that they be hospitable specifically 
to you. It's a comp- it's a command yeah. that you also be hospitable. Yeah, exactly. And that that's a that that is a it's a, just a problem that you that it's such a one sided like I ought to get this much in my welfare check from right. the church of right. But I people think the other side is I think a lot of ladies have major guilt trips because they're not. They don't like, feel loving enough. Well, they just feel like, ah, oh, I'm supposed to be dear friends with this person, and I just don't feel like... I don't I, like him. Yeah. I'm and, not and, interested, really. And that's not... Did I do that bad noise? There's a lot of noise. Roster. There's a lot of noise in the background now because... Here. Because I that pushed down. that. That rumble, though. Did I it's do a, it? Yeah, well, whenever we turn it on, it does that. Anyway, Sorry. Sorry, everyone. We'll just warm it up for a second and then get rid of the rumble. No, I just think um, that women can be oppressed by this sense of guilt because they just feel like they're supposed to be really good friends with that woman over well, there. And, ha- and she, I just I will am say, not. I've talked about this so many times in my life, but is that you remember back before you got your driver's license mm-hmm. where you felt like when I get my driver's license, it's going to be a completely different world. Yeah. In this amazing future where I'm going to have my driver's license. Well, then you thought it would be fun to get married and have kids. Yeah. And in the future that you imagine where you're married and have kids, you assume there will the be no is, headaches. No, the house is clean. There will it not be rain good. when you didn't want it. Mm-hmm. There is not any such thing as hormonal problems no. in that future. It's the foggy future where there are no, no. obstacles. The curtains will be and that, softly blowing. And the blowing. amazing thing about humans is that we do it both directions only in the present that we experience the trauma. Like, in the past, we're like, we gloss those it were up. the good times. The good old days. It High was school. so great back then. High school. I loved that. The glory days. Yeah, it was so good. And in the future. And in the future, we're like, it's going to be way better then. And then in the present, we don't like it. Well, in the same way, <laughs> in the same way, we do that with friendships. That we idealize what it would be like to have a friend. Yeah. What it ought to be like. And then two ways. We feel sorry for ourselves that we don't have it. Or we are women who feel riddled with guilt that we don't enjoy. Yeah. Just in like a pure glee kind of a way someone else's company. But the thing is, like, like it's not like you're, we're saying like, oh, now you can just cut people off and you don't have no, to try because, to be friends. Because no, you do, totally. you owe them, especially if they're Christian brothers and sisters, you know, like you do actually owe them a particular kind of Christian charity. But, but again, like it depends on the person. It depends but I on think the situation. Do you think it's safe to use dad's thing about discerning the Lord's will here? Is it like, if you're actually wondering, do I need to be friends with this person specifically beyond the charity, the Christian yeah. charity love category yeah. that all humans really should be in. But um, a particular kind for, for, Christians, for Christians. For fellow believers. Do you have the ability to be their friend, the opportunity, or the desire? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, And if you don't have the ability, the opportunity, or the desire, or if you only have, um, I think the second one, the, or no, sorry, the first one, the ability, there is like a warning signal that you can feel like I am not what this person is looking for. Like I do not have the capacity to be a friend at, at the level, level yeah. that this person is wanting to be a friend at. And that is often the category that trips women up because they're thinking, I don't feel like I can go mm-hmm. here. But mm-hmm. then they think, should I feel bad about that? Because should I be able, should I be willing to lay my whole life down for this yeah. person? And uh-huh. it's like, no, because if you don't have the ability to continue doing what you ought to be doing in your life while mm-hmm. taking this on, then yeah, no. Do you have the desire to be their friend? Well, if you really don't, and, and I would say because we keep talking about treating them lawfully from the heart, that does mean that in your behavior to them, you want to know confidently that you're honoring God, that you're not just self-serving like, I don't want to pursue that person, or exactly. I don't want to do this. But that if you're said, you're saying, Lord, if you want me to pursue this friendship, would you make it clear to me that this mm-hmm. is your will for me? And would you, you know, like, but that's the primary thing that you want to be doing and not responding to want ads for friends out of guilt. Right. And then getting stuck in a horrible bog of doom. Which is like half resentful, half guilty, half unhappy, and non friendly. Yeah. And, and the other thing is with your kids, I think it's a big deal to 
teach your kids how to be friends. And one major piece of it is you want to, like the way we always talk in our family about filling up their tank where they're, they are topped off with all the love, all the mm-hmm. um, affection, all the encouragement that they need. They're topped off at home so that they are not desperately trying to find it from friends. Uh-huh. So, And I think parents really can make their kids secure enough that if they don't have a good friend, it's fine. If they do have a good friend, it's great. If it's not, you know, because... Or if someone who was their friend in one grade turns on them yeah, weirdly in the next grade, that they can they weather move. that, that yeah. they can weather that or they storm. they move or they kind of pick a different friend and, you know... It's kind of like your friendship should be like, like you're surfing or skiing or something where you're keeping your knees a little bent so you're yeah. ready to absorb shocks. Like, yeah. you expect this to not be... Yeah, but I think as parents, it's really important to fill their tank up so that they're I would not be, looking for it elsewhere. I would say that real practically on that point, like obviously the first step would be the parents themselves really loving on that kid and listening yeah. to them, talking with them, taking care of them. But we have done from time to time through the years when one of our kids is having an especially nasty time of it for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, we have talked about it at the dinner table. Like we have said before, like kids, I you know, like this particular because they don't all tell everyone you know what I mean like they would probably tell us in private what was going on and we were not there it was like this is an update this is a family meeting about this member of our family Mm -hmm. we would say this person has been having a really hard time at school because you know whatever and say that like one time I can remember remember us just saying someone was you know, one of our kids was having trouble with classmates where it was a lot of rude remarks and exclusions and, you know, mm-hmm. it was, it was unkind stuff. Um, and we were like, so family meeting here is that we want you all to know that that is happening to this person at school. And we want you all to know that, that this is where this child belongs and will have none of that like <laughs> nobody here and then we will the, not just in this instance but we it was actually a super encouraging time for that kid because of the total affection for them from yeah. the siblings yeah. who were just like oh my goodness I'm so sorry yeah and and then we do this periodically where we go around the table like everyone has to say something that they really love about this person yeah. part of that is that we want our kids to be um we're not a really crazy emotive fan well we're not really that emotive I just mean we want them to be practiced at being able to admire each other and not be sure. competitive but be like yeah. I'm proud of you for this and I admire uh-huh. this about you and yeah. so we'll just take a little lap around the table of encouraging remarks from everyone to uh-huh. this person and then it's like, okay, so like, and that's just a very practical way to try to fill up someone's tank is that we want you to know how much you are loved here, how much we, you know, because the yeah. reality is we have a big family. Even if you don't have a big family, it's easy for that topic to not come up or yeah. for you to only admire your kid in the secrets of your heart and you yep. think you're going to corrupt them if you tell them that you like <laughs> them. <laughs> If I give them any positive feedback, I will make them explode with pride (laughs) rather than thinking you're just giving them a secure foundation of love. Yeah, exactly. And I I just think like teaching your kids to be picky about who they choose to surround themselves with. Not, uh, not, I mean, you're just, you're just in the group you're in, especially if you're in school, you don't get to pick your class. It's just, it is what it is. God put these people around you. And so you have to be charitable, you have to be kind, you have to be humble, you have to be, you know, all of those things. But then, like, who are you going to really be close to and spend time with? You really have to teach your children to be wise there. And it's impossible to do that if you as a parent are crippled by all of these no, issues No, you're never going to give them any kind of steady right. approach to And it. if you feel like, if you as a mom feel like, if somebody wants to be my friend, I automatically have to do that. How on earth are you going to teach your kid to stand up to any peer no, pressure like at the, all? It's like the least amount of using your judgment you could possibly have to say, like, whoever 
wants to be my friend is my friend. Has to That's be. That's a really yeah. low level of, yeah. like, why Whoever don't we wants aim to be a little higher for what friend, discretion is? You, you owe them all the duties that scripture lays out. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is, like, if you want your kids to be able to stand up to kids at school who want to get them to do things... Well, you have to be the Start kind on of that. person yourself that is able to stand up to your own particular kind of peer pressure. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's a funky... I think because Christians know they're supposed to love each other, they get tangled up here. Mm-hmm. And they feel so like, I would say that if there is a circumstance where you actually need to not... You need to have more distance with someone than you do have, or you've gotten into a position where you're not comfortable with it, emphasis on the treating them lawfully from the heart is helpful and important. Right. Uh, because <laughs> because if you're <laughs> I'm sorry. It's bothering me. I just thought out of the corner of my eye that Vega was pulling her eyelashes out. No, I wasn't. She wasn't, guys. <laughs> but that false alarm, That's the dead airwaves a... was like, what? <laughs> so the thing I've I was going to say, taken that up I was like, what's happening? So the thing that I was going to say is that if you need to have more distance <laughs> between you and someone who's like doing something weird, like picking their eyelashes out. <laughs> I was not. Say in a situation like mine that I find myself suddenly <laughs> in, say that you need more distance from someone. Emphasize in your own heart. Think about it. Are you treating them lawfully from the heart? And then do what you need to do to create more distance, like to do that, while maintaining completely lawful treatment from the heart. Yeah. And and that is the way that you ride out awkwardness and whatever. It's like you can still love them. You can still be very kind. You can be now, everything. I know somebody wrote, though, and asked us, um, what about when all the friends you're surrounded with aren't very good like they're they're not they're not reading their bibles they're Uh not interested in growth they're not and and those are the only people you've got around you like how do you how do you conduct yourself in that situation like with because that's a very difficult set of friends right there yeah and i would say that i think what's most difficult about it is needing to acknowledge that they can't be your good friends yeah. Because what you're basically saying is, it's sort of like, what if you find yourself in a position where the only men of a marriageable age are pagans? You might be like, well, don't, marry don't get married. You know what I mean? Like, the one, the rule of faithfulness here mm-hmm. is not to compromise how you feel you should be living. But my guess is, is that if you were to get more serious about that, that you might find that there are is someone in that crowd who would be yeah, or willing just, to like if it was like listen we're all professing Christians if you're not interested in reading your Bibles like is anyone interested in reading their Bible and, you but know, if like, you're going through a particular sort of time of of drought I guess where where there isn't anyone who is on the same page with you if you feel like you're the only one if you'd really like somebody else a friend that you could talk to but you don't have it like you know, what do you do in that situation? It seems like the obvious thing is you can't go around trying to boss everybody into it. Like you can't, you can't try and make them all turn into the kind of friend that you need. So really it's sort of like, give it to God, pray for them that, that he would bring a friend, pray that he would bring them along, you know, pray that he would teach you what are the mm-hmm. lessons you're supposed to be learning during this time when you don't have a friend? And and I think that's kind of the biggest thing is ask God, what is it that you are trying to teach me right now? And right. then figure out how how to learn that. You know, like, right. what is God working on with me and how can I facilitate that process? And so if it's just a particularly sort of blank moment where nobody else is doing it, and and honestly, in that case, like, just be a good example lead by example don't lead by trying to yeah and you may talk everybody into the reality it. is you may god may call you to some years of of not a lot of friends around like that yeah. happens and i think that that has happened like raise your children like like focus on raising people who will be good friends mm-hmm. be a good friend to your children 
work hard on dishonoring God and he really will provide everything that you need. Like a friendship is yeah. not the thing that you yeah. must have. Like, yeah. um, and obviously it's a gift, but it's not something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So tip. Wow. What we you went got? long. Um, I think this is about how we always go. Always forever long. Um, my tip. If you, if you really hustled, you could probably still plant wheatgrass for Easter. That's always fun. Oh. It grows remarkably fast. If you just buy wheat berries at the grocery store and plant them. Plant in, them up. Plant them in cute little containers, you know, like. Right. Get out some funky vases and things and plant wheatgrass in it. And it grows so fast. That's always fun. I didn't, I haven't done it yet this year, but. Yeah, um, that is fun. I, uh. I still need, I haven't done much prep. I have to figure out the pastries for this weekend, and then I'll be on to thinking again about real Easter, what we're doing then. We have another podcast before then. Do we? Or we should. Speak of Easter next time. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, you all have a good night. All right. Goodbye. Back at you next time. I'm a 2009 graduate of New St. Andrews College, and I'm a commercial property manager. Three kids at Logos, one at home still, and I do flowers on the side out of our house. When you have these little people that you're responsible to shepherd, you realize, I need to know what I'm talking about because they need to have a firm foundation and they need deep roots so that they don't get blown over and that they're ready to stand up for the truth. I am a programmer. The language aspect of NSA is a fantastic preparation for any sort of programming. I'm a real estate broker here in town. I think absolutely the perfect um, education for being in sales of, of really any kind. I actually put it to a lot of great use when I was working in the political realm. I am a pastor in Central Coast, California. Whatever vocation you take, it'll make you take that seriously because you're seeing it through the lens of the sovereignty and lordship of Christ. To learn more, visit us online at nsa.edu.